morning. As, as Lucy said, my name is Caleb, um, and I am now the youth and young adults worker here, but also a, um, a Kerry um, student pastor here. So it's um, great to be here with you this morning. Uh, welcome, everyone. Vision. Churches love to have visions. We love to have something that clearly shows what we are all about and what we hope for in the future. Vision can be personal, but it is often more effective if the collective have a vision um, that they are working towards together. It can be helpful um, in giving focus and direction. Um, It can be helpful um, to motivate us to get something done. It can also help us as a church grow as a community of believers. Vision can be unhelpful when we don't know what it is, if it is unrealistic, and if it is not what God wants, if it is not what God is rooting for. Over the next few weeks of sermons, we are going to be, have a focus on vision, um, how, we, how we create vision um, and, and work towards that. This morning, I will be talking about a guy in the Bible who was given a vision. You could also say it was a revelation or a prophecy. I want to share with you what we can learn from his vision about God's vision, because ultimately, vision comes from God. I am then going to share with you a vision or dream I believe God has given me. For those who don't know, over the past six months, Charlotte and I have been a part of Ham South Baptist I have been observing church life as part of my pastoral training at Kerry Baptist College. This phase has helped me to discern what I will be doing in the next phase um, of of what is called my leadership opportunity. I will share about what I have learnt from my observations and present my ministry project idea, which I'll be focusing most of my time on over the next year or so. But before we get to that, I want to share about this guy, um, Habakkuk, or more specifically, what we can learn from, from, about vision from his book. Habakkuk, um, for those who don't know, is, is one of the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. Um, they're called minor prophets only because of the length of their book. Um, it's, it's quite, they're quite short books. Um, but I'm not going to read out the whole thing today because it's a bit, a bit long um, for, the, for this morning's service. Habakkuk's prophecy came in the time of, the ki- of kings, when a king called Jehoiakim reigns in Judah. We're told in the book of Second Chronicles that much of what, his king, of what this king did was an abomination and evil in the sight of the Lord. Unlike his father, King Josiah before him, King Jehoiakim was a bad king and caused much corruption amongst the nation. There was injustice, wrongful suffering, destruction, violence, strife, and conflict. These are the issues Habakkuk addresses in his first complaint to God. Habakkuk chapter 1 begins with Habakkuk's cry to God, How long, Lord? Must I call for help, but you do not listen? This lament shows us the angst 
he would have been feeling as he saw how broken the world was around him. In his first cry out to God, Habakkuk describes a ruined society. But then we get God's response. In verse 5, God starts to reply to Habakkuk's cry. But it wasn't really the response Habakkuk wanted or expected. God pretty much responds by saying, you thought that was bad. In verse 6, he says, I am raising up the Babylonians, which are a ruthless and impetuous people. God uses the Babylonian army to address the corruption in Judah. The Babylonians in the following verses are described as a feared and dreaded people that promote their own honor. Their army was a force to be reckoned with that swept across the land, capturing city after city. As I said, God uses the Babylonian, he used the Babylonian army to bring justice to the people of Judah. But then themselves were not free from God's justice either. For they worshipped their own strength instead of relying on God's strength. In fact, the Babylonians were a more treacherous people than the people of Judah. And this is what leads Habakkuk um, to his second complaint. Why do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Habakkuk rephrases his first complaint but this time about the Babylonians. Why, God? Why would you bring this treacherous people upon us? He cannot understand why God would do this. It was not the vision Habakkuk had expected to address the corruption in Judah. This shows us that God's vision is not always our vision. Although we don't know what Habakkuk thought God should do, we do know that he didn't want what God had in store. One thing we can learn from this is that God doesn't do, or doesn't always do what we want him to do. We can have plans and visions of our own and say that they are from God, but unless they take into account what God is already doing through the work of the Holy Spirit, are they really God's vision? God calls us to be involved in the mission he is already doing. Any vision we create needs to lead us to participation in his mission. Otherwise, it is just what we want and will not be as successful or produce as much good fruit as what God wants. Whenever we try to come up with a vision, it must endeavor to see and hear God's vision, which may not always be what we expect, just like it wasn't for Habakkuk. Um, we may not be expecting um, what, what God's vision is. If we go back to Habakkuk, we see that he could not comprehend the bigger picture of what God had planned. God says to him in chapter 1, verse 5, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you will not believe even if you were told. God's vision was beyond his understanding. God tells him to, to look and wait and be utterly amazed. God's vision is also beyond our understanding. 
even if we try really hard to know what God has done and will do from, beginning, from the beginning until the end, we only get a small glimpse of understanding. And even if we were told all of what God's vision for the future is, we wouldn't even believe it. Just like Habakkuk um, wouldn't believe it if God unveiled his, his um, master plan. Wouldn't even believe it if, if he was told. And that is the same for us today. Just like God is not always our vision, God's vision is not always our vision, God's vision is also beyond our understanding. We need to recognize that our vision, even if it is part of God's vision, will only have a small part to play in what God is doing through the work of the Holy Spirit. Although Habakkuk was told that what God would do, and it wasn't what he expected, this is only a small story in the much bigger story revealed to us through Scripture and revealed to us today. The final thing um, I want to... I want to point out um, that we can learn from the book of Habakkuk and about vision, is that God's vision takes time. In chapter 2, verse 3, God says, My revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. This shows us that God's vision takes time. Working towards his vision will be costly and could be frustrating, just like it was for Habakkuk. But as we spend the time and persevere, there will also be moments that bring us much joy. At the end of of Habakkuk's book, we see a prayer that ends with him saying, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Although God's vision takes time, it can be painfully frustrating how long things take to happen. We must remember where our strength comes from, comes from and rejoice in the small things and the big things that God is doing. We can rejoice not only in what God does through us um, here today, but rejoice in what he is doing on the other side of the world without us. God is at work through the Spirit, whether we are involved or not. Another thing we can learn from Habakkuk is that along with taking time to achieve a vision, it also takes time for the vision to be revealed. If we go back to chapter 2, verse 1, Habakkuk says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. God gives us a vision at the appointed time. We must wait and see what God will show us and lead us towards. It's not like you can just snap your fingers or or clap your hands and all is revealed. But I think this makes life so much more interesting. That God has still got more to come in store for us. And he reveals it to us when when we are ready. That is why our vision as a church will constantly change as God continues um, to reveal and show more to us. We need to adapt our vision to what he is doing um, through the work of the Holy Spirit.
So yeah, from, from Habakkuk, we can, we can see from, about God's vision, that God's vision, um, God's vision is not always our vision. God's vision is beyond our understanding, and God's vision takes time. Let me pray before I, I move on to talking about um, my ministry project. Amazing God, we thank you for all things you reveal to us through time. We look in awe and wonder at all that you do. We also thank you for inviting us to walk alongside you and participate in what you are doing in the world. Help us to rely on you for the strength we need to carry on. In Jesus' name, amen.